Welcome to another episode of The Artistic Entrepreneur. My name is Jake Eichel. I'm your host. I am a filmmaker, photographer, serial entrepreneur, and uh, if you're new to the show, welcome. I'm trying to help budding artists and solopreneurs because I feel like they're one and the same. Entrepreneurs need to understand the artistry of life and how to make things aesthetic because it'll make their things sell better and they'll sell more of it if they understand aesthetics. Additionally, artists suffer and stay small and stay these starving artists because they don't understand entrepreneurship and that they are business owners. So I'm trying to marry the both and kill two birds with one stone, as they say. Today's episode is a really great, uh, really great episode, and it's something that it's it's heavy practical. So I'm going to go over a lot of data, but the biggest thing to do with this episode today is to make sure you go do it. So I can you can listen to this episode a hundred times. It's not going to create the effects that you want it to create until you actually do it. Now, this is also for entrepreneurs, this episode, but it's going to be mainly around artists. So, But if you are an entrepreneur listening to this, you can still correlate this data to yourself, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus this around the artists. So I'm kind of labeling this creating success as an artist, and these are kind of the, the biggest fundamentals that I've seen that I wish I knew starting my career. But even before, like, uh, obviously I wish I knew these right out of film school, but if I knew this at 18, if I knew this at 16, if I knew this at 13 when I started my acting career, oh my God, it, it, would, be a v- it would be a very different podcast and very different conversation I would be having with you now um, at 31. So the first one is know your goal. And I know this seems really obvious, I, I think, to a lot of people. It's like, oh, yeah, know your goal. I know my goal. But like, do you really have it named? Like, really specifically name out the goal. What is the target? What are you trying to achieve? Because use that as your North Star. Make sure all your actions are directed towards that one thing. Or it has to be, you have to see it being a stepping stone towards that goal, right? So your goal could be to help inspire millions of people through your art, right? And then you can figure out the conduit on which you're going to inspire people and what art. could be through filmmaking, it could be artistry, it could be through painting, singing, music, whatever it may be, right? If you're wanting to make a lot of money as an artist, that could be a goal. Or you want to be able to donate a lot of money to your church or to an organization, and that's your goal. If it is to help better society by pushing good messages through your art, that could be a goal. And then you figure out the conduit on which you are going to do that goal, right? But if you don't have that goal named, it's not going to help. So I... So, for example, let me, you know, my I love using my brother as an example for one of these, is that he uh, wants to inspire millions of people through his music. He wants to help change the lives of everybody who listens to his music. And for, but for a while, he was training people, right? And people were like, oh, that's not like, you're not doing your music. like. But he was doing his music. Now he's paying his bills through training. And he was able to charge enough money at, like, I think it was like $100 an hour or something, $150 an hour as a personal trainer, which allowed him to only have to work three, four hours a day so that he could do the music, the rather 
eight hours of the day. So he was able to leverage a higher paying job to be able to do it for less amount of hours to be able to fund his music career, which his music career was not getting, he wasn't getting paid for, but he was able to leverage that. So that's why I say it's like, even though your actions directly, it has to benefit that goal, right? And to now where he's writing music and he's reaching thousands and thousands of people and helping change their lives. That's what he's now doing with his music. But in the meantime, he had to have that job to be able to do that first, to start that. And where it all did directly, rather than like, oh, working a low-paying job that's also, you know, if he was getting paid $15 an hour and he had to work 100 hours a week to pay the bills, he's spending no time on music. There's something that's off. He's got to figure out and he's got to change something in his life. But it all starts with that goal. Right, And then you can kind of work backwards from that goal. But if you don't name it very specifically, you don't have a North Star that's driving you. So really name that. Now the next thing, which ties into what I was just, the, the uh, kind of allegory that I was just saying with my brother, was get paid to practice. Or, and there's a caveat to that, or get a high enough paying job that doesn't demand a tremendous amount of hours. So because at the beginning as an artist, you're starting a business. You're not going to get paid, right? You're, you're not going to make money. You're, it's not going to be a profitable career move. It's usually going to just take a lot of money. You're going to have to fund it to start off with, you know, whether it's buying gear, buying supplies, buying time to practice and to do it. So one of the, the ways to do it, there's kind of one of three ways. But you basically have to get paid in that meantime. You have to pay the bills to, you know, and live while you're working on your craft. So the first one is literally get paid to practice. Figure out a place, whether you're doing it freelance or you're doing it at a company, where you can literally get paid to practice. So you might be doing something that's not particularly on your aesthetic, your style, your thing. So another story to do, you know, to illustrate that is my dad uh, worked as a jazz, uh, his thing was to be a jazz musician. That That was his main first goal. And he took any job that played that allowed him to play trumpet because he knew the more hours he spent practicing trumpet, the better he would be. But he was able to also leverage that time where he knew he could take two jobs a week or whatever, one job a week, three jobs a week, and then be able to write his music and practice his jazz music on the side. But he would play in the orchestra. He'd play in random hotel bands. He would go on tour with others. He would you know, not play music that was his, but he got paid to practice. Another thing is, uh, like, I have a friend who's a photographer who spent three years working in a marketing company perfecting his craft. Now he works for himself as a photographer, making more money. But again, it starts with he was able to get, didn't have to worry about the business side. He was able to just work on the craft first, and he got paid to practice. He got, you know, he was given the gear, the nicer gear for free because he was an employee of this marketing company. So he was able, and he had, you know, another photographer he was able to kind of apprentice underneath who was moving off of the post. And so he was taking over that job. So he was able to learn from this guy who had just a lot more experience. Then finally is then you have the story of like my brother who took a different job. Now he, he was a football player and that's why he got into fitness training because he had spent 12 years learning how to be a peak athlete and play, you know, top division one NCAA football. So he knew how to move the body, knew how to control the body, knew what needed the body needed to get done to be an athlete. 
so he's able to train. But you might want to take a high-paid sales job. Now, take a sales job that if you can work at and make 100000 200000 300000 400000 a year while you're working on your artistic career. And you see it pays for the bills, but if it's taking 60 hours of your week, it might not be worth it, right? Or, you know, okay, cool, I'm going to do it for three months, six months, and make 200 k in three months, six months, you know. And then you know you can live off that for a year, or you can live off that off of the other six months, and you can kind of do that. So there's the idea of getting paid to practice and just thinking with that. Then the next thing, as you start building up your artisan, and as you get really good at your craft, and you want to start actually making it a business and start getting paid for it, is you got to know who's got your money. Who's your public? Who's going to pay you for your craft? This is the thing I see a lot of artists, they'll, they'll work so hard on their craft. And they'll work for years and years and decades. Think about your artist friends. I mean, I live in L.A. The amount of actors who've been going to acting classes for decades, right? And they're good at their craft at whatever varying degrees of skill of their craft. But then they've, you know, they're never making it because they don't understand who has their money, who to get in front of, who to communicate to, who to talk to, to help get them paid as an artist, right? So this is a line I got from Grant Cardone is who's got my money. You got to think about it. Like if you're a musician, right? How are the different, what are the different ways you can get paid as a musician? What are the different ways you can get paid as an actor? And then who is the one facilitating that payment, right? So as a musician, you can go busking. Random people on the street can pay you, right? You could, if you build up a YouTube channel, if you get, and this is again, part of that getting paid to practice, if you're practicing and putting the stuff on social media, you're getting paid and then you can like get paid from social media, whether brand deals or just by the AdSense. Like for example, I have a friend who's a painter who's been painting on social media and makes a full-time living just selling paintings on on YouTube and on Facebook and literally makes multiple six figures and she literally gets paid to promote her art. She puts no money into advertising, no money into anything like that, and is able to just video herself painting the painting, puts it up online, and people are wanting to buy it. And that's it. And then she also now sells products. She sells a paint line, a resin line, and people want to buy it just by her putting up her videos on social media. And then additionally, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, they're all paying her for those videos that she's posting online. So she's literally getting paid to market for free. It's crazy. So again, that's where like you got to understand who has your money, who's your audience, where are they located, how are you going to reach out to them? As I said, this is a very practical episode. This is a doing episode. You got to take notes and then you got to go apply this. Just by listening to this episode is not going to help you. So if you need to pause it here and restart it because you haven't been taking notes or you need to listen to this three times before you can actually start doing it, then do that. But I really, really recommend you got to do these things. Okay? Go do them now. The next thing is ties into this is once you know who your public is, where they're located, you got to learn how to market yourself. And there's two kind of main ways to market yourself. And these are kind of a broad headings. There's so many subdivisions of these two things. If you have branding and direct marketing, right? Branding 
is similar to what I was telling you about my friend who's the painter who just posts her stuff on social media. There's nothing direct, no advertising, no anything like that. It's just like, hey, look at my paintings, right? Now, then you can do direct advertising, which is direct to consumer, direct to business, depending on who, again, whoever your audience is, and putting an ad right in front of them and paying for that ad or DMing them or, you know, whatever it may be. Now, let's take this, uh, like, let's take an actress. There's a lot of different ways to do this. One of the ways that you can do it is, like, get it, do more networking. You got to do, you know, direct, uh, direct marketing would be, like, networking, getting coffee, getting dinner, meeting with other executives, producers, directors, other actors, and you're just talking to them and making yourself known. That would be direct marketing. So they think of you for different projects. Other like broad non-direct promotion would be other social media, um, f- submitting yourself to festivals, submitting yourself to competitions. That's not a direct thing, but it's still branding. It's getting yourself out there and known in the broad public. So you've got to learn to market yourself, and there's a million ways to do it. One of the best things I recommend is looking at others you admire and just looking at what they did. What were their successful actions? And literally do not try to innovate, just duplicate. Don't innovate, duplicate. I'll say it a third time. Don't innovate, duplicate. Literally start doing what they're doing. And by doing that, it'll force you to learn. It'll force you to go, oh, how do I get it as good as theirs? Once you're doing what they're doing at the level that they're doing it, then you can try to figure out something new. By that point, you've learned enough, you've done enough, more importantly, the doing enough that you can then figure out a new way to make the wheel. But don't invent the wheel to start with. So many people have done it before you. And then kind of finally, well, this is kind of second to last, but in terms of like building up the, you know, your organization, is learn to sell. Because the selling, uh, the more you market, the less you'll have to sell. But knowing how to sell or specifically even how to close, which is getting really comfortable for asking for money, is such a weak point in artists. Because you guys, I, I, 100% guilty of this myself, we're happy to do it for free. We'd love to do it for free. But look at the years of experience you have at this. Look at what the opportunity is. You know, I'm not saying you have to always charge more and more more money. Look at what Jonah Hill did with uh, Wolf of Wall Street, with Martin Scorsese. He wanted to work with him. He got paid $60,000 while Leo got $15 million or $20 million for that movie. He got Jonah Hill got $60,000. But I think he got him an Oscar nom. And it set himself up as not just a funny man, not just, oh, he's Jonah Hill, ha, 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 ha. But he's a serious actor who can do really great work and set him up to be the individual who he is now. And he took that opportunity also to learn from Martin Scorsese. The same thing with um, Pulp Fiction, right? None of that cast got paid anything. They got paid like scale, which means like the minimum amount of rates that the union would allow. But two years later, John Travolta was the highest paid actor on the planet because of that movie. It relaunched his career. He was completely had fizzled out in terms of fame, in terms of jobs, job offerings. But after that, two years later, he became the highest paid actor in the world. 
So not every job has to be the most money. You can strategically take jobs that are going to forward your career, but you have to be comfortable talking about money, talking about rates, being going, no, this is what we should pay, you know, because then when somebody says, hey, can you do this? You can strategically look at, yeah, that's totally fine. Let me take points on the back end or let me negotiate this. Let me negotiate that. The more comfortable you are with it, and it doesn't mean you have to be the one negotiating. An agent could do it on your behalf. A lawyer can do it on your behalf. But the more comfortable you are, the less you'll be taken advantage of, and the more you'll be in control of your career and not just kind of be at the whim of, oh, well, we couldn't actually do that for you. Oh, and then you're like, oh, well, my agent tried. My lawyer tried. You go, no. Again, this is taking responsibility as an executive. If you've been listening to my podcast, you know that I talk about an artist is the executive of their business. They are the CEO. You are in control of your company. So you have to make the best decisions for your company and your career. So finally, and this is something that I feel like, especially as artists, everyone can get better at. I've seen a few do really well, and those few that do really well are those quote-unquote overnight successes. If you want to become an overnight success, this is what you have to do, is really have stiff targets and set time targets, right? So you need, and it could be in whatever realm. It could be about anything in terms of your career, whether it's the amount of money you want to make, the amount of auditions you want to get on, the amount of promotion you want to do, the amount of meetings you need to have, the amount of products you need to get out in the world, or the amount of classes that you need to take, the amount of hours drilling something, it doesn't matter. You need stiff targets, and you need to put a time on them. Of Like, in two weeks, this is going to get done. In six months, this is going to get done. In a year, this is going to get done. And then you need to work your ass off on getting it done. There's a great quote that I saw from Beeple, who's the third highest paid living artist on the planet right now. Sold a bunch of NFTs in 2020 for uh, one for like $69 million, another one for like, I think, $89 million. Just we're talking stupid, stupid money. And he was on a Logan Paul's he was on Logan Paul's podcast and they were talking about the daily vlog because he spent 10 years creating a digital piece of art every single day and not missing a single day in 10 years. 3,000, over 3,000 pieces of art. Has anybody, have anybody listening to this podcast ever done 30 days of something without missing a day? Have you ever done that? Stick to your diet for at least 30 days with no cheating? 30 days with going to the gym without not going, without missing a day. 30 days of doing anything, much less 10 years, right? And so I say this to illustrate is the quote he had was, you're not missing create, because he talks about Logan and Logan's like, how do you, how did you like able to do this for 10 years? He's like, I, I ran out of ideas when I was doing the daily vlog. He's like, you don't, you're not running out of ideas. He's like his quote was, "You don't lack creativity; you lack targets." And this is—he was only one example of an entrepreneur or a, of a success story who's who said this: is that you need to have stiff targets that have a time target to them. It could be a daily thing, it could be a weekly thing, it could be six months. Again, you know how whatever it is for yourself, 
but you need to set those targets and especially base them off of those earlier things that I mentioned on this list from marketing to sales to, you know, to drilling all of these different things. All right. Okay. This was a packed episode. You know, we got 20 minutes of just a dump of information and ideas on you. Take this list, work it, go do it. There's no reason why you can't be unbelievably successful, but it takes action. It takes courage. It takes cojones, as they say. <laughs> so go do it. I love you. If you need any help, email me. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode.